I have my beautiful wife with me here tonight. Jody, do you want to stand up? And I just want to say that uh, this church, it's like uh, our New Zealand home. You know, I mean, there, I don't know how many years uh, uh, this church has been supporting us. And we are so, I am so overwhelmed, really, by the love and support that we have received here. I know that you guys hold our arms up in the battle. Um, and you've given sacrificially in many ways. And I just want to say how grateful I am and how honored I am to be a part of this community. And uh, I would just like to pray and ask that, I know there's a lot of things you could have done tonight, and so I just want to pray that you won't leave here going, I wish I would have done that other thing I could have done. (laughs) So Lord, thank you, Jesus, for this beautiful church that has been such a support to Jody, uh, to our kids, to our mission, to our to uh, Bryce and Kate, and, and in so many ways, Lord, I'm just so grateful, Lord. It's more, more support than we deserve, that's for sure. And I just pray that, and I know that people have made a, a sacrifice to come tonight. And Lord, they don't just need another church uh, service, they need an encounter. I don't need, an, I need that as well, Lord. So we just ask that you give that to us tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. So for those that don't know anything about us, we are called to reach what we call the global youth culture. You can find them in every center in the world today because of globalization, because of the internet. People are watching the same movies, playing the same video games, listening to the same music, being destroyed by the same lies. You have whole generations now being raised on pornography. In the Western world, most children are born out of wedlock. People are becoming more, they're connected, but they're becoming more and more isolated. And, uh, and they, they have come to the conclusion that the, the church is a dead tradition in, uh, from the past. And our call is to reach these, these young people, these young adults who would never go to church. And it started many years ago back in Amsterdam, which is a very cynical city, a very uh, destructive city where a lot of people go to find freedom. And they act, in the end, they, they find death. It wasn't unusual for us to see dead people in the alleyways uh, dying, who died from overdoses, uh, stuff like that. It's a crazy city, and God gave us a broken heart to reach these young people. And so we would go out at night into the forest, and, and we would pray all night. And you don't, it wasn't beautiful weather like you have here. You know, it's Holland, so it's often cold and raining. And we'd go out into the forest at night, and we'd have to dress really warm, and we would cry out to Jesus, Jesus, how can we reach how can we reach these people? We didn't have a method. We didn't have anything cool to reach them. We just knew that God was asking us to do it. So, but we were saying, God, how can we do this? And so we we're praying and asking God as to how to do this. And then we started a church on an old boat uh, behind the central train station, Steiger 14, which means Pier 14 in Dutch. Um, at the same time, uh, we thought we needed to communicate in their language who Jesus is. You know, Jesus always communicated in the language of the people he was talking to. And uh, I think one of the most effective ways to communicate to, to people today, secular people, is music and art. And so, so we wanted to be like Jesus, so we started a band. And so if, I think if Jesus came here, he would start a band, because I think it's one of the most effective ways to reach people. And so we started a band, No Longer Music. God gave us opportunities to go into clubs, 
to lift up the cross. And now we're doing stuff all over the world. And um, I'm still, <laughs> we have a, also we have a thing called Come and Live. It's like our, our kind of like our record label. Uh, next week, I'll be flying to Berlin to do a Provoke and Inspire seminar with Brian uh, Head Welsh from Corn, who has joined us now. He's part of our community. And I'll also be doing stuff with him in Warsaw. Uh, we've got a lot of, I don't know if you've heard of Propaganda. If you haven't, go on, on YouTube and look up Propaganda Explains the Gospel. He does a spoken word, word thing that'll, it's amazing. And he's uh, probably going to join us as well. We have a lot of bands coming on board and saying you should talk about Jesus, not be ashamed of Jesus. You know, and it's unbelievable the things that God is doing. I can't exaggerate it. But we've been also doing a lot of things. I mean, we had a big tour this year. And uh, one of the places we've been doing a lot of work is Ukraine. And uh, so I just want to show you a short clip of what happened during our recent tour in Ukraine. Honestly, I've done a lot of touring and I've experienced a lot of opposition, but I think this stretch of Ukraine has probably been the hardest stretch of tour I have ever been involved in. Today, eventually, the middle of the exo just broke. Team members going in the hospital, vehicles breaking down, our entire stage actually broke. We're playing on a stage we had to rent at the last minute. You know, and it's been, it's just been such an intense battle. We have felt drained and we felt exhausted, and yet at the same time, we come and thousands of people fill the squares and the venues where we are and we see all these people giving their lives to Jesus. It's just such an incredible reminder of when you're willing to go out and lift up the cross in secular places, there's gonna be a battle, there's gonna be a fight, uh, and your God is stronger than you is in the world. And we get to experience this every night, so it's tough, but it's also a huge privilege. while we were doing interviews and he was like I need to speak with you I, I, I live another life and I never did something like that. It's not, I, I feel definitely it's not an accident that I'm here. Did you, did you make this decision tonight? So yes, definitely, but I need to change my life. Then I started to preach, explain to him everything all about Jesus, gospel, and, and then we were praying and two girls came up. They were his friends. They got saved as well. We could f literally feel like they got saved. You can yeah, touch salvation tell. definitely in their like their faces, yeah. eyes. Не знаю, возможно, из-за того, что у меня никогда не было настоящего папы, у меня был очень, который все время меня избивал. Он меня бил только ногами и только в обуви. Поэтому хочется, чтобы был настоящий папа хотя бы в сердце.
So my four years with NLM, I've never had such huge problems with our, our stage and our, all of our vehicles. I mean, it's every city almost. I'm calling some mechanic to come and fix some part on uh, one of our vehicles or the, the axle on the stage and all of these different challenges. Despite them, we preached every night. Nothing was canceled. Every time God provided uh, and oftentimes an even better solution with some of these bigger stages that we needed for some of these bigger crowds. idea of what we saw God do. Another place that we've been doing a lot of things is Russia. And they just, while we were there, they passed a law that if you, if you have a prayer meeting in your house, it's illegal and you can be arrested. Oh, we're passing out the, oh yeah. So everyone, if you're not getting our newsletter, sign up for a newsletter so we can, you can send us all your money. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, so they just passed this law in Russia that if you're having a Bible study in your house, you can be arrested. If you have a prayer meeting in your house uh, with your neighbor, it's illegal and you can be arrested. If you, find, if you know that your neighbor is having a Bible study in his house, their house, you, should re, you need to report them to the police or you can be arrested. So they, they've, they've, it's more draconian now than it was during the Soviet Union. And so we're doing this big tour in front of thousands of people. And everyone's saying, you can't preach. And I'm going, of course we're going to preach. We have to preach. I mean, why are we here? So we ignored all of it, and it was, it was uh, so we had things like these Kazaki guys, they're like Russian nationalists, and uh, they decided they had to stop us. So they had, because they were, they were seeing what we were doing, so they had this meeting, and there are all these guys that, that dressed like, uh, I don't know, military guys. They're, they were going to come to another city to stop us, but they got the date wrong. And so they went to the, the day after we played. And then another time where I'm preaching and all these people responding and our Belarusian guy um, manager goes, you have to disappear for a while because the police are looking for you. So he said, just hide in the van. <laughs> hide in the van or what? Are you kidding? So I'm like hiding in the van. It was a crazy, crazy tour. Uh, the, one of our dancers almost died because he got a skin infection because of the war in, that you don't hear about anymore on, in the media in eastern Ukraine. Uh, there was no hospital beds that we could find for him, but we were able to finally get him in, into a hospital and get him the right kind of medicine. He, he almost died. We saw unbelievably difficult things. Um, we were stuck at the border for three days. Our, our drivers had to sleep in their cars, uh, interrogated, uh, we were in a riot. Uh, the band was playing in Zurich, Zurich, Switzerland, if you can believe it. We were attacked by soccer hooligans. And this one guy, he, after the show, he prayed to receive Jesus. And he was like really happy until this soccer hooligan smashed him right in the face. So he's like, yeah, he prayed to receive Jesus. And then this soccer hooligan just, just without warning, just smashed him in the face. But he was still happy. He was like, yeah, okay, you know, that's what happens when you're a Christian, I guess. And uh, like our sound guy, Yuki, was sprayed in the face with pepper spray, the riot police, rubber bullets. It was a really cool tour. Um, in, in, we saw people in the Czech Republic coming to Jesus. We saw amazing things. We played in Fangamata on New Year's Eve, and a bunch of people surrounded the, the, the barriers that were, that were protecting our sound guys and elect, you know, lighting guys, and they were threatening them and saying they were going to kill them. 
It was, uh, it was a crazy tour full of amazing experiences. When I was in Russia, this Russian pastor said to me, we, he was over a bunch of churches in Russia, and he said, I heard that, or I believe that we would always have this freedom. We would always be able to, this freedom that we have, we would always have. And so we got very concerned about our church and about making sure that our, everyone in our church was happy and having, being, you know, having a good program and spiritually you know, being fed. And, and we, weren't on the, we were not on the streets preaching the gospel. And now those doors have closed. And we feel like we've thrown away this precious gift that God gave us. And he said, all we can do is say, Jesus, we're sorry. Please have mercy on us. We've messed up. We blew it. It makes me think about what Jesus said in John 9, 4. He said, as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. And I think the night is coming. And we need to take advantage of the opportunities that we have. And that doesn't mean it won't be without opposition. It doesn't mean it's going to always be easy. But when I read in the book of Acts, there were always lots of miracles, but there were also lots of riots. And we need to see more riots in the church. Jesus said the night is coming. And he also said, we are only visiting this planet. This is not our home. Jesus said, we are foreigners. Jesus says in John 18, 36, my kingdom is not of this world. And in Luke 9, 58, he said, he didn't even have a place to lie his head. He said, I'm not of this world, and I don't even have a, a place where I can lay down. And then Jesus tells us that when we come to him, we are no longer from this planet. When we come to him, we are no longer citizens, we are foreigners. In John 15, 19, Jesus said, the world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are, you are no longer part of this world. I chose you to come out of the world. Every authentic follower of Jesus is supposed to come out of the world. Why? Because I am part of something eternal. Something huge that nothing in this world is worth considering. Nothing. In Matthew 9, 19, <clears throat> Jesus says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. In a verse later, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. You'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You see, if I'm a citizen of this earth, it makes sense to live for materialism, for earthly stuff. It makes sense. I mean, I'm a citizen. This is it. 
And so I should really invest in the world. I should try to have as nice, nice a house as possible and be as secure as, as, as I can try to be. And why not? I mean, it makes sense if I'm a citizen. But you know, this is such a lie. I mean, you can, you can invest your whole life in this world, but it, it's not going to fulfill you. I mean, I, one of the things that I really enjoy doing is going out for a nice meal. You know, and you've got beautiful cafes here, and I love that about New Zealand. There's nothing greater than going out to a nice cafe, you know, having a nice meal. But, you know, I can enjoy that because I don't live for it. I mean, meals in restaurants get, gets pretty old after a while. You know, one beach starts to look like another beach. And so, you know, you start to, you think this isn't that that uh, fulfilling. So maybe I should really work harder to build a bigger house. And so then you build a bigger house and then you have to go on another holiday. And I know I can guarantee you that when you're laying on your deathbed, I promise you this, when you're laying on your deathbed, you're not going to be laying there thinking about all the holidays you've been on. You're not going to be laying there going, wow, isn't it great? You know, those times I was laying at the pool and I had that drink with the umbrella in it. There is a reason why there are people who have everything the world says that will make you happy. Everything. I know people like this. I know people have achieved everything the world says that you need to be happy. And they have to numb themselves on party pills, sex, drugs, and alcohol because it doesn't fulfill. And it leaves you alienated and alone and it destroys your life. As a follower of Jesus, I am immortal. I am immortal. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not die but have eternal life. Now, I have to be honest with you. You know, I'm not into dying, but I wasn't that excited about eternal life either. You know why? It's because how it was explained to me in the church sometimes. You know, I'd be in church, you know, and there'd be worship going on. And incidentally, I thought the worship band was great. I thought they were really, and I love their hearts, and I thought it was amazing. But I'd be in a worship, you know, in a church, and they'd be having this worship time, and the pastor would get up and go, you better get used to this because this is what eternity is going to be like. And I'd be sitting there going, an endless church service? That sounds, that sounds more like hell to me. As broken, as broken as this world has become, there is still beauty here that takes your breath away. I mean, I can remember when I went with my wife, Jody, and our two sons and, and, and their wives, and we, were, we went to Las Vegas, and we went to... Uh, a Cirque du Soleil production at the MGM Grand called Ka. And I'm there watching this, this amazing production, and I was emotional. I'm like looking at this thing of amazing beauty, and I'm going, wow. It was hard to even drink it in. It was so beautiful. And, and because, you know, of our work, we get to travel. We do a lot of work in Europe, and, and so I get to go to these European cities that are these beautiful cities with the cobblestone streets and the just breathless beauty. And it's like, 
you know, it's, you can't take it all in, you know, and then if you, if you go to Switzerland, you know, and you go up into the Swiss Alps, and it doesn't matter how you feel, how down you feel, you go up into the Swiss Alps, and it's just like you just, you, you're happy because the beauty that is there, and I mean, where else has more natural beauty than New Zealand? I, I know, you know, I lived here more, uh, more than I do now, but I, Man, I, I just was like, I, when I first came here, because we lived in Amsterdam and for many years, and I, we were, when our kids were in college, we were here more than, you know, a lot of the year, and sometimes I would cry. I mean, you don't understand that if you're from here, but it's just the, the natural beauty. You go to Arizona, and you look at the things that God has made there, the desert, a whole other kind of beauty. And, there, and then there's not just physical beauty, there's emotional beauty. The deep, burning, painful love that I have for my wife, Jody, for my kids, for their wives. You know, for my, the family God has given me now around the world. I mean, it's sometimes it's so, the love that, you know, that the emotional love is so beautiful that people have. And then there's God's amazing love. And when I've gotten little glimpses of it, it's like I can't take it. You know, if, you, if God were to come here and he were to show us one, one millionth of a percent of how much he loved us, we wouldn't be able to take it. And even though there is still, even though there's this natural beauty left with all the brokenness even though there's this emotional beauty that's left with all the brokenness, this is only a speck of dust of what lies for me. This is a shadow. All the beauty that you can experience on this earth is nothing compared to what the future holds for me. In 1 Corinthians 13, 12, Paul says, now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror But then we will see things, everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. Nothing, this is nothing. My home is as beautiful as this world can be if you're lucky enough to be in beautiful parts of this world. This is not my home. I am a foreigner because in my home, there is no senseless violence. There is no disease. There is no cancer. There is no broken hearts. There's no loneliness. There's no fear. There's no suffering. There's no war. In the most beautiful life force that exists, loved me enough that he sent part of himself, Jesus, to the earth to rescue me. And you know what else? He's going to give me a really good body. <laughs> I know you can't believe it. I know I'm walking on the beach and I, well, actually Jody and I were in Sydney. We were doing some speaking there and we were at the uh, Australian Open uh, surfing competition. So in Sydney on, on Manly Beach, we're watching all these amazing athletes, amazing s- s- 
surfing guys, and I'm like feeling really jealous, but I'm thinking, but my time will come. (laughs) Because it says in 2 Corinthians 5, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this, this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself, not by human hands. God himself, God himself is going to give me a new body. And then, on top of all of that, Jesus is building me a home. Jesus, the one who holds the universe together with his power. Jesus, who's who's above all principalities, all powers, who's the creator of anything beautiful that still exists in this world. He himself is building me a house, and it's not going to be a cheap house either. In John 14, 2, he says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and welcome you into my presence so that you may be where I am. So, with all of this being true, Why do so many followers of Jesus sell their soul for something that will eventually be rotten and filled with rats? Why? You're not a citizen, you're a foreigner. Like I said, you know, or one of the guys that leads our work, he's a Swiss guy, okay? Very, very intelligent, brilliant, actually, Swiss guy, young man. He's like, he's got a very young family. They're all young, young children. He was making a decision about what to do with his life. These were his choices. Be a youth pastor in Switzerland youth pastor in Switzerland, or move with his family to a dangerous neighborhood in Beirut, Lebanon, dangerous Muslim neighborhood, with his two young kids, learn Arabic, and give his life for Jesus in Beirut. Youth pastor in Switzerland, go to Beirut. He thought, Hey, I'm only here for a short time, you know. This isn't my, this isn't my, I don't belong to this place. Even though I live in one of the most beautiful places that exist, one of the richest countries in in the world, this isn't my place. I want to do something while I'm here, the short little time I got while I'm on this, on this planet. I want to do something, you know, not just be comfortable. I want to do something extraordinary. So I'm going to Beirut. So with great risk, he went to Beirut. He's got, he's, he's have his, he has these Bible studies in these coffee, in this coffee shop. And just like a month ago, there was a, there was a guy on the other side of the street who tried to blow himself up with a suicide vest and the police were able to stop him before he blew, blew himself up just across the street for where they have their Bible studies. He would come to Germany when we'd have our Steiger gatherings and he'd be, one of the last times we were there, he was like on the, he was like sobbing. He's going, God, I got to see a breakthrough. 
in Beirut. And so he's getting up at, he's getting up at five o'clock in the morning because of his young family. That's the only time he can be with God, but he's passionate. He's serious. He's a, he's a foreigner. He's not a citizen. So he gets up at five, but he, he's not seeing the results that he wants. And so he said to me, David, I think I need to get up at four. And I'm going, Lucas, four in the morning. You know, that's maybe you should just try it for a little while because you're going to get too tired. And he goes, no, I got to see a breakthrough. So he's getting up at four o'clock in the morning, crying out to Jesus. And just a couple of weeks ago, he told me that he just got invited to speak to the Sunni Muslim club at the most prestigious university in the Middle East about Jesus. This is unbelievable. Don't be a citizen. You're not a citizen. You're only a visitor. You're a foreigner. Don't save yourself. Go hard. And I think, you know, when you're young, you should go hard. That's the time to live and sleep under drain, you know, drain pipes and stuff. It's the time to go hard. It's like when we were in Iraq before ISIS came in and these guys said, if you go up to the mountains, and I still, still haunts me because I think we need to do this, but he said, you could go up into the mountains where these freedom fighters are. Some people call them freedom fighters, other call, people call them terrorists. And he says, you need to go up there because they'll listen to you. They would, they'll, they'll listen to you. And I'm thinking, man, now that's what you need to do before you get married. Go hard. Don't, don't, don't just, don't pour yourself out. Don't be a surfing missionary. A lot of other people will do that. There's a lot of people that will go to be Swiss, you know, youth pastors in Switzerland. Not you. Don't do it. Let other people be, you know, surf for Jesus and whatever. Every year, I spend months in crowded vans, traveling thousands of kilometers, sometimes with little sleep. Sometimes I'm afraid. Sometimes lonely. I, I, sometimes I'm so, I'm so tired, you know, I'm going, God, I don't know if I can keep this up, this pace, you know, that you've asked me to, to do it. But I want to tell you this. I've never, I am 63 years old, and I've never been so alive. I've never been so fulfilled. I've never been so grateful. Thank you, Lord, that while I'm visiting this planet, while I'm the short period of time that I'm going to be visiting this planet, thank you, God, that I can do something like this for you. Lord, I don't deserve another to be able to go on another tour. Thank you, Lord. I don't know why you're be so kind to me to let me do something like this. I'm, I honestly am overwhelmed with gratefulness. Jesus commands us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole of creation. Mark 16, 15. He commands us to go. You don't need a revelation to go. You need a revelation to stay, especially when you come from a rich country like New Zealand. And yes, 
you know, some people are going to be called to, to, to work. And I like people who work because they can give me their money. They can support us. And I think, yes, I think people are called, there are people who are called to have normal jobs for sure. But your calling is no less radical than mine. And I think there are people, you're supposed to, there's business, I've heard of these radical businessmen and they go, okay, we are going to, we're giving away, I'm giving, I'm, I'm making this commitment to you, God. I'm going to live on 10% and give away 90. You know, I, you, my part in the ministry is to support others to go and to be a light in my own community, for sure. But the gift he's given me is to make lots of money. It's not my gift. My, my gift is to take their money and go. So we're a great team. <laughs> but if you're called to have a job, your calling is no less radical, and you need to be think of yourself as a foreigner too, because at the end of the day, you are. <clears throat> and you don't want to live, you don't want, when you're an old man, you don't want to just look at all the great stuff you've possessed <laughs> and think, wow, why didn't I do something with my life? Why didn't I, why didn't I do, take, take, be a little more radical? You know what I don't get is people, all right, when you're, when you, before you get married, you know, and you can do, to think, do things, then you can talk to me, we can send you up in the mountains and I, in, in uh, Iraq, and you can talk to the terrorists there, all right? And then when you have kids, you know, you need to provide a little more stability for your kids, be good parents. That doesn't mean you don't live a radical life, but you, it can look differently. But here's what I don't get, is people, when their kids grow up and move out of the house who are Christians, why do they think they should be more conservative? You don't got that much more time. Why not go and die somewhere? I mean, go to Iraq and get shot. It's better than dying in an old folks home. The most that we should have, we should have an army of old people going into the most dangerous parts of the world preaching the gospel. You know, and if you don't have the health to do it, then you put a, you put a map of the wall on your, on your, on your, uh, in your house and you start interceding for those who are going, all the grandmas that are going to Iraq to die. I'm not kidding. We need to stop seeing ourselves as citizens because we're not. And you know, the greatest privilege in the whole world is to give your life for Jesus. I'm telling you, that's when you become alive. As a follower of Jesus, you have an unshakable kingdom. And that means something in New Zealand, doesn't it? Especially if you live down south. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. Therefore, since we are receiving an unshakable kingdom, let us be filled with gratitude and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Don't play it safe. Your kingdom is indestructible, eternal, unshakable. You're a foreigner, you're not a citizen, you're only visiting this planet. And God wants to use you to make a difference in a world that is soon going to pass away. And one day, you're going to be standing before God 
and you're going to give an account for the choices you make. And I think some of us here tonight need to say, Jesus, you know, it's, you start out and you're, you, can, you don't become a citizen automatically. It kind of grows on you. You know, you just think, well, that's what you're supposed to do. That's how it works. And then you slowly become more and more of a citizen of the earth. You say you're a follower of Jesus, but in, tr- in reality, you're like everybody else. And tonight, you're supposed to say, I repent, I'm sorry, and I don't want that. I don't know what it means. You know, maybe for some of you old people, you can, you can do something really crazy. Uh, maybe it means uh, doing something radical in, here in Taranga. Maybe for some of you younger ones, it means um, coming to our school in Germany, and then you can go help us in Turkey or... or I mean, there's so many opportunities. I don't know what it means. But it means something. And and then there's other people here, and you need to just give your life to Jesus. You're just playing games, and you're not surrendered. But I think if you need to respond, you should. Because this is why you're here. Because God wants to reach out to you, and he has to say, come on, take a hold of my plan. Take a hold of my plan. So if you feel like God is speaking to you, if this message tonight was for you, then I want you to come up here as an act of humility in front of your brothers and sisters and say, Jesus, I don't know what you want, but I don't want to be a citizen. You know, I want to be a foreigner. I don't know what that practically means right now, but this is my heart, and so I respond to what you're saying to me tonight. So just if you want to, if you feel like this is something you should do, just come up here and stand with me now. Just come. You're just saying, I don't know what this means, Lord. but I want to respond. Just come on, yeah. And and just keep coming if you need to come. Don't, don't, don't be shy. If you, if you feel stirred up, don't resist the Holy Spirit. You need to come up here and seal this in your heart. It's important to respond physically, I think, not just in your head. And this will seal what's happening tonight. That's why I'm asking you to come up here. So just come if you need to respond. Part of, part of this is part of seeing this breakthrough is you need to start seeking God in a different way. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can't expect these breakthroughs in your life if you don't seek God in a different way. You have to seek Him in a different way because what happens is you're in a meeting like this and God starts to speak to you. You know it's Him. And you're, you're real, you know, and you come up front like this, and then you, 
you you lose it. And it's because you gotta you gotta the way you respond to this is you gotta start to seek God in a different way. And so that means that you need to to come up with a plan, a practical plan, where you're gonna start to to cry out to God and say, God, you spoke to me, and I gotta see, I want you to, to show me what you want me to do. You know what I mean? It's like and, and it, I don't know how it's going to look for you, but I, like to give you an example, I know this guy, he was really, he felt God was really speaking to him. He, he thought, I can't keep going on living the way I'm living. So I'm not saying this for you to copy it, but it's the, it's the spirit of it. He went into his room and he took a, a map of the world and he put it on the floor. So he had the map of the world and he put it on, his, on the floor and he got on his knees and he said, God, I am not leaving this room until you show me where you want me to go. I'm not leaving. Hebrews 11:6. God rewards those who seek him with a desperate heart. Or I know these businessmen. They wanted to see, they wanted God to move in their city. They didn't know what to do. So they got up really early in the morning. And they met like in this hill that would overlook the city. They, they described it as like kind of a cave. And they got up really early in the, early in the morning because they had to, to because to go to work. So they, I don't know when it was, but it was early, early. And they went every day, even though it was hard, they'd get up and they'd, they'd go up to the top of this hill looking down on the city. And they were saying, God, we are going to keep coming here until we see a breakthrough. If the people here would do this, if you would start to seek God in a new way, a different way, it will be amazing what God will do. You won't believe it. It says in James, you do not have because you do not ask God. What do you want? And you can also volunteer. You know, it's like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of us are thinking, God, what is your plan? What is your plan? You can volunteer. You can say, I've done this in a lot of different you know, we're doing a lot of stuff in the Middle East. And the way that happened is I just, not just, I'm talking in my case, I was going, God, I just, I want I'm, I'm to, if you want to use me in the Middle East, I'll go. You know, you, I, I can't go in my own strength, but if you want me to go, I'll go. Soon after that, I got contacted by a guy who works in Istanbul. And he said, can you come to Turkey and, and I'll set up tours for you anywhere you want in the Muslim world. Yes. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that we are not citizens, that this is not our future. This world, as beautiful as it can be, I mean, we're in one of those beautiful places on the planet right now, but it is, it is an illusion it is, Lord, it is nothing compared to what is lies for me because I am only visitor here. I'm only visiting this planet. This is not my home. 
And while I am here, I want to do something. I don't want to just numb myself. I want to do something. And that's what, that's what we're standing. Those who are standing here, I know there's many sitting out there. We're saying, God, we want to do something. Lord, here we are. You say there's a great harvest. And there are a few workers. Well, I ask, Father, that you would look at the men and women here tonight. And I ask that you would send them. Send them, Lord. Show them what you want them to do. Put your angels around them. And I pray that every dream, every desire, every plan that you have for their life will happen. And that when they go to meet you, that they will know that they gave it their best. I know that you will, you will do that. Bless all those who responded to you tonight. and Show them what you want them to do, and I know you will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You want to, can we all stand and we can we'll close with this song? But let, let, if God has spoken to you tonight, really make a plan, put a plan together on how you're going to seek God in, this, in a new way. Okay? Put a plan together. And you know, when you know, when you get a revelation, and ask Him if you're kind of like, this message is a deep message. It's not, I didn't give you, uh, this is meat, you know, it's deep because you got to understand this. Because if you get a revelation of this, then you're going to be able to take risks, you know? It's not reckless. You're not being reckless. I don't mean that. But it's going to be Holy Spirit-led. But when you get this, when you understand this, it's like it's a liberation, you know? And you'll be able to start to hear God's voice more. And you'll start to, you'll, new radical ideas will rise up in your heart. And that's what God wants to do.